It's Monday the 13th of June 2022. My name's Alex Elliott and you're listening to The Week in Iceland, the programme that asks what's been happening in Iceland this past week, why it happened and why we should care. After what seems like an eternity away, I'm very pleased to be joined today in the studio by Johanna Marcinkowska, City of Reykjavik Project Manager for Inclusion and Integration, based within the Human Rights and Democracy Office. Welcome to you. Thank you. Hey. Um, now, not only has the week in Iceland been on a break, but also there's been just loads going on, um, including that Reykjavik finally has a new council, with the ruling coalition made up of the Progressive, Social Democrat, Reform and Pirate Parties, and the current Social Democrat mayor staying in place until the end of next year, at which point he'll pass the baton on to the Progressive Party. The long-awaited report into historic institutional care for physically and mentally disabled people dating back to 1970 has been released and confirms many of the stories of abuse and neglect. Nearly half of municipalities and the Directorate of Health failed to answer requests for information from the report's authors. One person who went through the system told Ruv he welcomes the report and wants society to learn from it. Reynisfjara, or the Black Sand Beach, has been in the news again after a Canadian tourist died there on Friday. His wife was also swept out to sea but was rescued. Despite the multiple warning signs, a German family was swept away by a wave the very next day, though without injury. Ruf spoke to tourists on the beach who said they had read the signs and did know a man died there the previous day, but they still believed they would be able to swim out of danger if hit by a wave. The creation of an action plan for the beach, which would include closing it completely on choppy days, has been repeatedly delayed. Monkeypox has come to Iceland, and we are hearing this morning that there is probably a third confirmed case in the country. All three so far are among people who recently travelled in Europe. Covid-19 is also on the rise, um, though there are no suggestions of any restrictions being introduced. The police have revealed details of one of Iceland's biggest ever drug busts, secured thanks to overseas collaboration through Europol. Althingi is wrapping up for summer, but this means the Justice Minister has had to postpone his controversial new immigration bill in the face of fierce uh, opposition. And finally, on the celebratory front, yesterday was Seaman's Day in Iceland, a celebration of the sea and the fishing industry, with special emphasis both on fun and also on remembering the thousands of Icelanders who have died at sea over the centuries. Then, this coming Friday, Iceland will celebrate Independence Day. Some people thinking of getting away for the long weekend are reconsidering, however, as driving the ring road now costs 40% more than it did a year ago, thanks to high fuel prices. Where would you like to begin? Uh, I would maybe well, let's start from the, my my uh, my whole, whole home playground from the city of Reykjavik uh, council city council. <coughs> yeah, I mean two stories there. There's obviously the well three really connected to your job. Three of these stories actually. Kind of, uh, yeah. Um, so which one? The council itself. The council itself. Yeah. yeah so Dagur Bjergatson is still the mayor. Yeah, and um, he, he is going to step down in 2023 and pass it to Einar from a Progressive Party. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there's not so much, I would say, changes in this uh, the new uh, agreement between parties, new parties agreement. And the, what is new in this new coalition is that there is not a left green party, but the Progressive Party from Samsungnaflokurin. And uh, well, what they want to do mostly now is is uh, what has been criticized is building maybe out of town more and and not not just within the the, the town, 
but it, there was a point in it because of the uh, the plans of the this better communication system and bus system in Iceland in in, in Reykjavik. <clears throat> but yeah, we are we are excited. There are small changes for me, uh, but not so actually because there is a new uh, council which we are the my office is working. It's called now will be because it is not accepted yet actually okay uh, human rights and against violence council instead of human rights democracy and is uh, innovation innovation sorry mm-hmm. but then there is a new digital service democracy and transparency council okay. so the only thing which was which was actually debated a lot uh, last week was that uh, the they missed the, the gender equality in men in few consuls. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like a, maybe a bad beginning because it should be taken care of. But everybody do and it, we protested. It was protested and then it will be will be fixed. And just you know when you start try to probably four people four four parties try to to get together and to come at some consensus that might be something which was missed at the beginning it would be of course be- best to start perfect but is there anything in the new coalition that particularly stands out from a uh, an immigrant point of view for 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 those of us who weren't born in Reykjavik mm-hmm. there is a lot of uh, in this coalition agreement it's about the educational system and and the new 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 newcomers or, or people who do, kids who do not speak Icelandic mm-hmm. and then the uh, policy migrant policy which has is, is expiring now it is going to be reviewed and and hopefully with more more influence on integration and, and inclusion okay. in society so yeah I think it is more uh, yeah there are not so much more differences I think no I agree it's um apart from the inclusion of a new party and and obviously yeah. the progressive party did incredibly well in the election mm-hmm. especially compared to how they have done in the past um so it's it's fair and natural that they're in the council uh the the majority sorry um but apart from that yeah there's sort of it's a quite a continuation isn't yeah it, it is yeah. I, I think so too yeah okay um so maybe that would be a good point to talk about the same issue but on a national scale because I think you also wanted to talk about the immigration bill mm-hmm. um, that's been postponed until autumn because I think he is shutting for summer mm-hmm. um, what do you think of that? Uh, well this same bill has been presented for the fourth time and I wish it would be just uh, you know cancelled <laughs> From my point of view, and uh, I'm sitting in the in the board of the Women's Rights Association, and mm-hmm. as, as as this law bill has been criticised a lot, and especially because of the lack of consultations with the people who are working in the field, and what was missing, and it was, has been pointed out this four times, is the there was a lack of equality evaluation according to the equality law which means that all of the new laws and all of the changes into law should be evaluated on how they're having an influence on different genders and not only also on, on minority groups. And uh, everybody, we know that the, the status of the women in a refugee women is much worse in a, in, than the, the men. Mm. And there is lack of any 
like consideration in this in this law bill about it. And the other thing, which is I think actually not 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 known, and and you don't know it if you're not a lawyer, is that the in the changes give the authority the right to perform the medical researches on people without their 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 permission. I think it is not underlined enough <laughs> in this uh, in this you know discussion. In a previous iteration of the bill, yeah. uh, doctors complained about that, didn't yeah. they? I remember yeah. that. Now. Yeah. Um, and so, I kind of thought that had been removed or sorted actually, out. Not really. No. No. Hmm. The so, other controversial part is about Dagpenikar, um, money mm-hmm. subsistence grants to mm-hmm. to asylum seekers, and what point that should, if at all, be cut off if they get rejected and and. Uh, scheduled to be deported from the country. Uh, what's the argument there for and against, roughly? Well, the government says that if you're not cooperating with us, then you just don't have a right to any service from us and you're just on your own, mm. which is really drastic uh, to do with, with the people who do not really have anything on their own. And, and yeah, this came up a lot in a, in a COVID situation. And people are denying to some, but because it is presented also like all of people did it, but it is not true, mm. absolutely not. <clears throat> As it is the, like it is, it will ease in the the, the deportation uh, process for the government. So yeah. yeah, it is. It is not, and and as it is also within the asylum and refugee situation, it is always. Says, and I had just a meeting with the Finnish people, which are working in integration, and they say in Finland it is almost never used the the Dublin regulation, which is so overused here. You can say, really, yeah, that is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think because I've, I've what I think about that particular point is that you know if people are in the country. You have to have some money to live. You cannot have nothing at all. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. And if you're worried about crime and security, that's the worst possible thing you exactly. could do. Um, on the other hand, though, if if legally speaking, people are going to be deported, you can understand the argument that perhaps the state shouldn't be paying them money every day. Um, so it's, a, it's an issue on both sides. I get that. But at the end of the day, you just cannot leave people on the street with no exactly. food and nowhere to sleep. I would think it is against any human rights convention yeah. on whatever because <clears> they are here on this ground that they are applying for for asylum. Yeah. So yeah, it I don't I don't think it is solving anything. And it did not actually. Uh, and it is being delayed until the autumn because of so many opposition parties yeah. bringing up these points. Yeah. So yeah, and many You know, we, we were, we, you know, many many organizations were also writing the protest against it. And but as I say, I I was hoping it would be just cancelled from the parliament. But <clears throat> we will yeah. just see. Okay. Um, anything else to add, or would you like to move on? Just let's let's move on. <clears throat> okay. Um, to what exactly? I mean, there's the endless story of people dying needlessly on one of the country's biggest tourist attractions. Mm. Um, And the, I suppose for, for me the, it's not even an argument or a debate, but we people must stop dying there. But it's a beach and it's a natural part of the coastline, and people should have access to it, and mm-hmm. people should not be stupid. Um, but in terms of closing it completely at certain times of year, I don't know. It, 
it's it's a tough one, but we really, really have to stop letting people die there. And yeah. and, and it, the interviews that were on, on TV um, over the weekend just showed how people are unaware of the danger. Actually, completely misunderstand yes. it. Yeah, I had actually an interesting mm. conversation about it yesterday, and it was said that. Um, well, there are many other dangerous places in Iceland and it's just you can't, it is just how it is. It is a nature and it is kind of like, I don't know, uh, it is just a part of 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 uh, being able to see untouched nature. So the solution of put, putting up some viewing platform or something is actually destroying the wild nature. Mm. So... All, and I, I'm not sure why is it still happening there because it has been uh, this all of these actions like from uh, safe travel in Iceland and educational problems and what you see in a plane when you're coming. I I would think that it is it is enough, but obviously not. I think and people don't understand. Don't understand the no. the danger, how big danger it is. So. Exactly, and they as as it was said yesterday in the news, the people read maybe these signs, but they are not. Understanding, like there was one tourist saying, "Yeah, I was reading it, but I can swim." Well, it doesn't matter, you know. Actually, so <clears throat> I I don't really have a solution for it. No, the same here. Don't under, I don't think it there is actually. <laughs> then just maybe have it bigger signs and more, uh, you know. I don't know. You don't really want to scare the people, but maybe you should scare people more, mm. so they would really take care of of their own safety because when you think of traveling in Iceland this is how you travel you go all on these wild places where it of course is dangerous can be although you're not not aware of it and it was the same you know last year when the volcanoes or you know yeah. there were many cases nothing has happened but it could and finish also yeah. badly because of how people were behaving you know running on a hot lava or whatever <laughs> Um, one aspect to the story that I hadn't really thought about much until I heard it in the news was the sort of the technological side, the the, the equipment side. Mm-hmm. And now I think about it on the beach there. I can't think of, for example, like rescue. What do they call them? Life belts and and to have a, a lifeboat there mm-hmm. <clears throat> that could very quickly be put into the water and go out. That's a thing that yeah. they don't seem to have. No, no, exactly. Yeah, maybe this is also the. I think it should be tried more to 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 find a solution there. You know, mm. just maybe this or that, because like they say, if there would be some uh, you know some people taking care of it, then I think there would be four of them. So it is almost impossible to do. You know, like mm. it is somewhere sometime in a, you know on the beach when you go, there is a uh, some special place where there is a protection of the you know live lifeguard, and mm. some others there are not. But it's it's somehow not completely there. Yeah. It's not going to work. But maybe maybe some sort of life raft or yeah. boat thing that public it would be accessible if something would be happening. Yeah. Yeah. That that could. that you or I could. Yeah. Try to rescue somebody with rather than needing staff there all the time because yeah, that, exactly. that, that's probably not. No. no. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, there are, I mean, the, there are these hot spots, aren't there? Reynesfjara. Um, um, Lautrabjarg, where the, the, the bird cliffs in the mm-hmm. Westfields, people fall off there. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else? I don't know. The people do people do die, and they shouldn't. Yeah, exactly. Uh, haven't heard of anybody falling into Geysir, luckily. But, um, no, but there was some. Uh, in, in people Kumfos. get burned. 
good. It wasn't cool for us. Really? Yeah. Mm. Not long time ago. Somebody was falling there, like a few years. Yes. Um, so at the bottom of the case, uh, at the bottom of the story, I guess, is um, be really careful when going around exactly. Iceland. And, you know, take care of the weather conditions also. Yeah. Can. <clears throat> the fog can be dangerous, for example. I noticed it once driving and I came out in a totally different place because of the fog. So. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and of course, there was a, a couple that froze in the yeah, winter. Exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. Walking in inappropriate clothing. Yeah. When there was a weather warning in effect. Mm. So, yeah. But it is, I think, the tourists are doing stupid things all over the world, not just in Iceland. That's and, true. Yeah. And so. we are perhaps over um, zealous in calling tourists stupid. Yeah. <laughs> when I don't think it, it is stupidity to go against um, something, you know, to knowingly put yourself in danger. Yeah. But if you're putting yourself in danger because of the situation being different to what you've ever experienced exactly. before, <clears throat> yeah. is that stupidity? No, it we, is just, yeah. We can always do more to, to warn people. Yeah, exactly. OK, move on. To what, though? Um, would you like to talk about the the care of people with disabilities? Yeah. Because <clears throat> yeah. I, I sp- that doesn't directly... Uh, no, 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 your job. no, no. It is it is considered the these uh, institutions where facilities were run by the state. Mm. <clears throat> so, as I understand, this report covered the investigation about uh, how the experience of the people which were in these institutions. So it was a uh, people with disabilities, both mental and, and physical. It's from 1970 to 19, uh, 2012. And then after 2012, I think there were changes, made some changes in this uh, organization of the services. So what they want to now evaluate, uh, what solutions are there and, and how to make, 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 make it better. Uh, but what was interesting about, uh, what I really like is that there was a voice of the people with disabilities. There was an interview with a, with a man who was there and has a big experience with many of, of these uh, facilities mm. and I think it is often on you know needed like like the disabled you know the you know like a slogan is nothing about us without us so I thought it was well done in the news it was covered that mm. we would hear what he was saying and, and he experienced both physical and mental uh, abuse in all of these places he was and I think he says that when he moved to his own apartment, I think in 2012, 11, 11 yeah. <clears throat> then it was when he finally experienced the security. Yeah. And it is actually, you know, it's coming out in many countries, this mistreatment of disabled people or, or people with disabilities or, or people with, which are belonging to other minority groups. And I think it is so just so cruel picture of this 20th century reality. Yeah, but one that was hidden at the time, people didn't really know about or perhaps didn't take Mm. seriously, which therefore has a a message for us today to make sure that we're not standing Mm -hmm. by and letting the same things happen quietly now. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how, you know, how certain we are that these things aren't happening. Hopefully they're not. Um, On the other side of that, all of the municipalities in Iceland were asked for their 
feedback, their information, their opinions on the report as it was being made. Um, it was a report commissioned by the Prime Minister and under law, those asked for information should reply. Mm-hmm. Half of the municipalities in the country didn't. Um, you work for uh, one that did, but from your work, from your professional perspective, how is it possible? How, did, how do these things perhaps... I mean, did it get forgotten? Or was there people deliberately not responding? I mean, how how does this happen? Uh, I don't know. And it should not happen, of course, according to this administration law. There is some amount of time you have to answer all of these public hmm. questions. And they and were reminded as reminded, well. Reminded, yeah. Uh, well, it might be that they had not forgotten. It might be that there were no data or no information about it because, like, this report is actually... Uh, criticizing lack of evaluation, lack of control of these institutions. So, but as we say, we always it's better to say I don't know than no not answer at all. Mm. And you know, maybe this is the, the the reason people don't want to know admit that that the evaluation has been not done and nobody checked on in what conditions people are living. Mm. I hope not, though. <laughs> I hope it's rather I don't know than than the other thing. Mm. And the Directorate of Health was also among the group of non-responders. And that's perhaps that's even more. That's not good. No, exactly. <laughs> and then follow-up stories to that was was saying, you know, asking them why. why, mm-hmm. And the answer was, we don't know why. Yeah. How did that happen? We don't know. So it got lost somewhere in... in, in a, so in my, my experience always, it is best to direct it to concrete person, not general. Sometimes mm-hmm. it works better. But, you know, it is just not following the information, you know, laws. And, you know, it's, it's very bad, actually, for for the municipalities. Mm. It is. Does it affect the trustworthiness of the report? Or do you think having answers from half of the municipalities and many other stakeholders is, you know, good enough? Mm, for, probably, yes. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because you don't really get a whole picture of the situation in this in this case. I mean, Akureyri, for example, was one that didn't mm-hmm. respond. And we know that one of the particular um, residential facilities that have been in the spotlight in the last year or two mm-hmm. was right on their doorstep. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so that would have doesn't, been relevant, I think. Yeah, doesn't look good. <clears throat> no. Um, OK, anything else? About this? Mm. No, I think it is... It is good. I just, you know, after the, I just hope that people who need some special care and now they are, they can find better, better, better solution than than it was done before. And it is part, of course, the of the uh, human rights and the human rights policy of Reykjavik. And we had been lately a lot working with the educational programs for the staff about the violence against people with disabilities. And uh, just newly, the office published the brochure written by Steinu Nausa, which is working also here in the roof. And she uh, described her own uh, story of... uh, abuse and violence and it is written in her own words and accessible on our website and it had it was you know a lot 
uh, it showed a lot of need of 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 talking about it openly. Like she did, and she talks like to the reader personally very. And it is both in Icelandic and English, so this is also what we are trying to do to to work uh, against the violence. Can can people access that through the homepage? Ex- absolutely, oh, I can send you. Yeah, I will send you the link maybe. Oh yeah, we Isn't can include it? that in the yeah. link with the would with be, the program. It would yeah. be great. <clears throat> okay, that's that's good. Um, right, we are rattling through the topics, but there's still plenty left there, and yeah. and and time is running out. We got uh, monkeypox. Um, obviously, the Independence Day and and, and uh, the nice side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, the enormous drug bust, one point seven billion kroners. Um, so, what would you like to talk about next? Uh, maybe about the drug stuff. It is very interesting, and really the scale of it is just mind blowing, mm. I would say. And I like the comparison with the Breaking Bad in the news because it's kind of this. Uh, I, I'm watching it now with my son, and it is actually the thing which comes to your mind right away. Yeah. Uh, and it is not just this production, but also the money laundering scheme. So it is quite. Amazing, because, you know, we maybe don't accept it to be done in Iceland on such a big scale, you know, because of the scale of the country. So I think it is well done by the police. And then you think of how much more is going on here that we they don't know about. Mm. I mean, I, I don't remember all of the figures, but I think one of them was enough materials were confiscated to make two million yeah. ecstasy tablets, mm-hmm. among many other things. I mean that's quite a lot mm-hmm. in a in a country of this size. Exactly. I mean it's possible they were they would have been exported elsewhere yeah, or I, even. Exactly. This is what they were. I I mean you think so because of the amount of it, you know. So. Yeah. And also that it is the ground for the production like this. It's interesting that it is easier to export it from here than produce it in some other country, where you're more like, you know, invisible can be. You can think of, you mm. know. Because this is what the station in Iceland that you're so visible all the time. Mm. So it's interesting. It is interesting. Yep. Um, and it was. It all came about because the French police had yeah. received um, permission from a court to try and hack a communications app, mm-hmm. which they did. They managed to crack the code of this app, which was widely used by criminals. Um, and then they spread this information, among mm-hmm. other places, to Iceland. And it led to this... So that's that's Europol doing its job. Yeah, that's very great. And then you think, you know, if if they were there, also Icelandic, this organized crime, organized, you know, then how much bigger it is, like worldwide, probably. You know, I mean, you have to have some contacts to distribute all of this stuff and sell it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Which gives rise to the questions that are a debate that is happening around the world about. The extent to which the war on drugs is 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 working, mm-hmm. the extent to which it should continue, or, or whether governments should give up and maybe try to regulate drugs instead, mm-hmm. and certainly the cost and the resources that go into it, because as you say, we have absolutely no way of knowing how big mm-hmm. this industry, if you want to call it an industry, is, mm-hmm. apart from these news that pop up now and again about them being caught out. Mm-hmm, exactly. I mean, is it are they, are they catching 50% of them or 1%? Yeah. We don't know. No. It's rather maybe not, you know, work also more on prevention. 
that you know if you don't have a user then you're not going to be able to sell it mm. but i know that they are using many 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 ways to to make people addicted to so it's not of course it is not easy but i'm always for prevention <laughs> yeah i mean generally with with mm. with crime in general I, I exactly, exactly. Yeah. prevention and rehabilitation yes which is the broadly speaking the nordic way mm-hmm. kind of why sometimes the the court system is criticized for perhaps not punishing people as hard as it could do or, mm-hmm. or certainly would do in in many other countries because prison is thought of in a different way yeah for better or worse yeah, um, yeah. it's not always <laughs> not always a good thing <clears throat> okay we have very little time left so let's talk about the good stuff um Siemens day yesterday and independence day coming up at the end of this week what do they mean to you did you do anything yesterday uh, actually not uh, and i actually liked it i mean it was a festival of all of the sea more than just the sea fish knife no, Siemens day mm. i thought it was more like a inclusive approach because you know if you say just a shaman and then you just talk about the shaman mm. And then it was just the men many years ago. Now there are many women which are working on a sea too. And then on the other side, they wouldn't have a work if there would be not fish in a sea. So I like it, the other approach, which was now for a few years more than going back to like this old patriarchal <laughs> approach of the day. Mm. But yeah, I know it is always fun. And, you know, I, I went on this on the celebration always with my kids when they were smaller, I, the reason I didn't go yesterday is that I was in a on a family day uh, on Saturday with my son, which is 15, and I couldn't put it on through other celebrations. <laughs> he, it was not too much. Of a it was thing. too much for him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was great weather, so it was. I saw it in the news. It was fun. It's always fun to see all kinds of fishes which are in the sea, which you don't. Absolutely. You just see them in a fish shop when they are already. <laughs> taken apart. And of course they are the backbone of the Icelandic economy. They yeah, have exactly. been supporting the nation mm-hmm. for hundreds of years and many people lost their lives yeah, and exactly. continue to do so. Yeah. Um, thankfully very few now um, but thousands of mm-hmm. mostly men have died at sea over the centuries and this is a sort of a, a memorial to them at the same time as it's a celebration for people who work at sea today. All the ships are in harbour. Mm-hmm. No one's working yes, on yeah. that day. Or the weekend, let's call yeah, it. Yeah, the whole weekend. weekend. Too, but yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's a, it's a nice thing. And it's shortly followed by Independence Day, which is another celebration. Mm-hmm. Um, 17th of June, it's a national holiday. There mm-hmm. will be people parading on the streets, live music, candy floss. Yeah, I always loved it. And uh, this year, in uh, the event team in Reykjavik, especially wanted to invite uh, people of uh, which are not original Icelandic because uh, when I was preparing some material for them and I was asking, do you have some picture of Independence Day which is not just with Icelandic flags? And there are none because they're always just with Icelandic flags. But this year they want to specially encourage people because they're not just Icelandic people living in a city. And although it is the Icelandic Independence Day, it is the day of everybody who are living in Iceland. Yeah. So they I encourage mean, people to come on a parade and participate and have even their own uh, flags or or costumes or whatever they want to 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 represent the the diversity in the town in the city. Mm. So uh, we are hoping that we could show the diversity in a town and, and all kinds of people who are living here yeah. on this day. 
because the day celebrates the founding of the Icelandic Republic in 1944, but it also is usually translated into English as National Day. Yeah. And it's a day to celebrate Iceland. Exactly. And all its people. Exactly. Great. Okay. on that note, um, we've run out of time. (laughs) (laughs) The Week in Iceland will be back with you next week, Monday the 20th of June on roof.is forward slash English, Roof English on Facebook through the Roof app and your favourite podcast platform. Um, Did I get the date right there? Monday the yes, 20th. Yes, <laughs> that just leads me to thank my guest today, Joanna Marcinkowska, and also Lydia Greta Stottis for running the studio. Thank you. Thank you. We end today's programme with Sjómanavalsin by Hjaltalín. This ode to seafarers came out in 2013, but it has a timeless old world quality to it. Enjoy. Bye for now. <laughs> Gustar um sigluna kalt En togar að sjómanni tamastað er Að tala sem minnst um það allt En fugli sem flýgur í austur Er fyllt yfir hafið með þrá Og vestfyrskur jökult sem heilsar við horn Í hittling með sólroðna brá Segir velkomin heim Segir velkomin heim Þau verða hinn fögru ár Sættu velkomin heim Yfir hafið og heim Þá er hleigið við störfinum bó Welcome.